How good's a Friday? So Ben, this is Bunty of Fourth, I'm waiting for Warriors. I hope you're doing well, brother. There is Sean Stevenson, the step breaking Stevenson. Out the back, Bergen, out wide. Good sir. North Dutch score out wide, fantastic try. Oh yes, boy. Yeah, g'day, silly talk sports, Rita here. Hey guys, Surly here, episode 24, coming in, firing on all cylinders after what was one of the great Melbourne Cup days in the Searle household. Pick my first ever Cup winner, Kimbo and the mother-in-law were also on it big time as well. Multiple houses on the New Zealand goat, very elegant. Also got the box trifecta which was tipped in the old Boys Get Paid podcast, so that was huge fizz. Ended up a couple of grand up, which is always bloody good to see. One for the good guys. So up the Melbourne Cup and go you good thing, very elegant. J-Mac, I owe you a beer or ten, you mad dog. But on the agenda for today's show, we're going to talk some international footy, the Bunnings Cup as we head into the final round. A bit of T20 World Cup with the Black Caps bouncing back to keep their playoff hopes well and truly on track. And then a bit of God's game, which is huge fizz as well. The old November 1 transfer window, she's open. The rumour mill well and truly set alight for Warriors fans. And then, of course, we'll get to everyone's favourite segments to finish off the old Magic Multi and the Q&A. So without further ado, let's rip in. All right, the All Blacks, they got their Northern Hemisphere tour off to a winning start Sunday morning with a big win over the Welsh, 54 points to 16. The boys well and truly showed up for Bodie's 100th, put in a bloody good shift of entertaining footy and scored some unreal tries, razzle-dazzle footy at its finest. Unfortunately for Wales, they were missing many of their top dogs. The old clubs over in Europe they wouldn't release the likes of Dan Bigger, Toby Fullertow, and I think 13 others as well. So they were playing backs against the wall rugby from before the game even got underway. But he always knew they would show up and chuck the kitchen sink at us. And they sure did. That national anthem in Cardiff, nothing better. That's bucketless stuff for sure. The Welsh, they well and truly show their passion and love for their country, which is bloody good to see. And in the first 30-odd minutes, their footy side showed that as well. Their D, tough as nails, bodies well and truly on the line. And at 18-6 at halftime, she was anyone's game. But in the end, the All Blacks just wore them down. Way too classy on the day. And to be fair, you could kind of sense a second-half blowout was coming throughout the fixture. And as mentioned earlier, the All Blacks boys, they scored some sensational meat pies, kicked off by the man of the moment, Bodie Barrett, intercept try after only four minutes of action. Then Will the Thrill, he kept his freakish record up to 16 tries and 11 tests for that bloke. Love to claim that I spoke him into form. Ever since he jumped on the potty, his career has well and truly soared. And he scored a beauty of an individual try. Chip and chase. Boy, does he have wheels. 
old Will the Thrill. And then the try of the game for me, that came not long after Oranges, a great interchange play between forwards and backs alike, offloads galore, and Sever Reese, he finished her off, dotting down for a great team meaty. And then to cap her off, it was only fitting, the man of the moment, Big Bad Bodie, he dotted down to finish her off. Another intercept to ice the game, put the cues in the rack, and send the Welsh off with the tails between their legs. So that was all she wrote, 54 points to 16. And in fact, the Barrett brothers, they actually bet them themselves, 29 points to 16. So a good day at the office for the boys from the Naki. And on to next week, the All Blacks machine rolls. So a quick flight to Rome and the stage is set for what I think will be a good old-fashioned rugby union pounding. The All Blacks taking on Italy 2am Sunday morning, which really is a tricky time slot. It's got you weighing up. Do you kick on and go on through or do you go to bed early doors and wake up? I think most of the audience listening to this will be more inclined to go the first route, but I do think she's going to be one-way traffic in this one, but worth getting up for nevertheless. And she's changes galore, which is great to see. Old Fozzy. He's given the boys a crack. Pretty much a whole new 15 coming in fresh and ready to rip and tear. So I'm excited to see what a lot of these fringe guys can do with another crack at Test Match Footy. In the front row, Big Bauer, Colsey and Lomax, they get the nod. Three changes there. Then the young Chiefs duo, Tupo Vaya, newcomer Josh Lord in the locks. Excited to see them go about their work. In the Lucies, you got Jacobson, Oscar Satutu and Captain Sam Kane, he's back in the seven jersey. Good to see him back in the mixer with the C by his name and getting some more minutes under the belt on his return from injury. Then of the nine and ten, you got the pairing of Weber and Moanga to run the cutter, and no doubt both of them will be looking to prove a point. Then Tupaya and Enor, they're the midfield duo, and I'm really looking forward to seeing these two play together again. Loving the look of Quinn Tupaya. He keeps taking a step up every time he plays. So hopefully that continues and another big shift from him. And then George Bridge, Sever Reese, and Damian McKenzie round out the back three. No doubt Bridge, he'll be looking for a big performance to try and get himself back in the mix after a few below par performances by his high standards. Then on the Rimu, the finishers as I like to call them, you've got Big Armour, De Groot, Offerstol McCarthy, Sammy Whitelock, Big Shannon Frizzell, he's back in the mix, Finlay Christie, David Harvilly, and Bitcoin Barrett, they round out your 23. So bloody exciting on paper, and I'm predicting a real whitewash here. Italy, they've been a shambles lately. Kiwi coach at the helm, and even he's riding them off early doors. So expecting some fuck it footy from them, but in the end, she's going to be a cricket score, you'd like to think. All Blacks 50 plus all day, could be a lot more. And looking forward to seeing this young side rip in with that silver fern on their tit. Then following this game, and it's worth a mention too, a heck of a lineup of international footy, eight games to be precise. The All Blacks, they kick her off 2am as mentioned. Then following that, Ireland versus Japan, which will be a bloody good game. Don't write off the Japanese. Pushed Aussie all the way last week. Then you got Portugal versus Canada, which you'd have to think you'd have to be a real purist to tune into, to be fair. 
And then Spain versus Fiji, which is probably another one for the purest column. Won't catch me watching that one. Then England versus Tonga. That'll be decent. Good to see big Solomon Akata make his debut for Tonga as well. So that'll bring some fizz. Then you got Wales versus South Africa, France versus Argentina, and Scotland versus Australia. So a smorgasbord of footy. And those last three games should all be beauties as well. So sink your teeth into those and enjoy an, a hissing day of international code. Not often you get eight games back to back, bums on seat stuff for sure. And hopefully a couple of upsets in the mixer as well. Then in the old Bunnings Far Cup, round nine, she wrapped up last weekend. We had Canterbury beating Tasman and a bit of an upset for your Friday night. Both teams have been a bit below expectations, to be fair, but the Cantabs, they came screaming home in the final 20 minutes to pull off the win in that one. Then your Super Sati saw three high-scoring games, two with the exact same score, which is a real mindfuck, to be fair. Certainly rattled me on the couch. Some futuristic shit going on there, you'd have to think. Maybe the aliens got involved in that one. But anyway, Southland, they bet Northland 37 points to 33. Then Waikato, they beat the Bay also 37 points to 33. Then Hawks Bay, they kept their winning streak alive, beating Manawa 2 40 points to 31 to remain the best team in the comp. And then on your Sunday to round her out, Otago, they bet Wellington in a fuck it friendly 33 rugby union points to 28, which of course leads us into week 10, the final week of the regular season which, to be fair, has been anything but a regular season with old COVID wreaking havoc on the comp. And as soon as Auckland, Harbour and Counties dipped out, especially Harbour for me, really did lose a lot of fizz. But it's good to see the comp continue and we get down to the business end. But we have the Mulu men. They host Otago tonight, followed by Tasman versus Wellington, Canterbury versus Bop, and Hawke's Bay taking on Northland for your Super Saturday. Then on your Sunday, we have the Naki taking on Southland with the Naki looking to finish the regular season undefeated and go eight from eight. It's a real shame they can't get promoted up from the old championship. Tough luck for them, but a heck of a knock nonetheless. So a few good games of provincial footy to sink your teeth into. I'm going to tip Waikato, Tasman, Canterbury, Hawks Bay and the Naki to all pick up the dubs there. How good's grassroots footy and bring on the finals for the Far Cup next weekend. Right, T20 cricket time now in the old World Cup. She's starting to get closer to the business end and the Black Caps, they've shown up at the right time. They've put in two big performances to rack up back-to-back wins over India and Scotland and well and truly have them on track for a semi-final spot, which is great to see because she was nervous times, old squeaky bums for a few minutes there with the loss to Pakistan early doors. But the boys have bounced back in a major way. And they did so by dispatching to India by eight wickets. Old Dazza Mitchell, he was the star of the show in that one, blasting 49 runs out the middle of the Rimu, which was a huge win for us 
And boy, are we well and truly living rent-free in India's head at the moment, which is bloody great to see. One of the powerhouses of cricket really struggling to get through the caps, which is always huge fizz. And then on your Wednesday night, the boys dispatched of Scotland by 16 runs off the back of one of the great innings from the great Martin Guptill, which really was entertainment galore. And old Guppy, he was due to go bang, and boy did he deliver. Really did remind the cricketing world that on his day, when the nut is coming clean off the Rimu, he well and truly is one of the best in the game. The big ginge, he blasted 93 runs off 56 balls, seven sixes, six fours, boundaries galore. The old Scots were picking up the white nut from behind the rope all day long. Talk about bums on seat stuff. And then what a shift from the big fella guiding us home. Rumours have it he lost 4.4 kilos in the process as well. So if you're looking for a last minute shred option for R&V, make sure you head out onto the park, tape up the tennis ball and rip into your work. Because boy, that is better value than Jenny Craig's. You can bet your bottom dollar on that one. He looked like he was going to pass out multiple times, and I would love to have seen him score a famous century, but what an effort nonetheless, and a great sign of things to come as he hits his straps in the business end of the tournament. So two more pool games before things get really serious. We've got Namibia on your Friday, and then a possible banana skin game against the Afghanistanis on Sunday. They really are a dangerous side with the number three ranked bowler in T20 in the mixer. So they can't be underestimated. But you'd hope the boys in black will have enough in the arsenal to dispatch of both of them and progress on to the semis, which kick off next Thursday. So up the mighty caps. If you're not on board the bandwagon yet, then jump on now. Parachute yourselves on board. And hopefully we can demolish these two sides and I look forward to sinking my teeth into some finals cricket in the back end of next week. Up the mighty caps. Right, she's the first week in November. So for some of you, it's probably too early to be talking about God's game. But there have been a few pieces of exciting news floating around this week for Warriors fans that I couldn't help but mention on today's show. First of all, the leaked NRL draw for week one. She came out during the week, and I believe the comp she's going to kick off in the second week of March, which is bloody good to see. The 2022 season, she gets underway with some Thursday night footy. Nothing better. Panthers versus Manly as well. So two of the big dogs going at it right off the bat. Then on your Friday, she's a double header. The mighty Warriors, our boys, taking on the Dragons which to many might sound like an easy dub first up, but believe me not, they're actually our bogey team and the Dragons are the side we hold our worst winning percentage against. So that'll be a good test for us first up and no doubt they will push us all the way. And then you've got the Broncos. They take on the Bunnings. Adam Reynolds taking on his own club in the first round. I love the sound of that. No doubt there'll be a bit of bad blood there with Reynolds out to prove a point. Then on your Super Sati, a triple header, which should come as no surprise to all of you. The team at the NRL, they weren't born yesterday. They know how to whip up a draw. They've clearly got in the Excel spreadsheet out for this one. Well and truly put it through its paces. Algorithms galore. 
and they've come out with a triple header, which is the obvious fucking answer to me, that's for sure. The three games, they're the Roosters versus the Knights, the Sharks versus the Milk, and the Tigers versus the Storm. Then on your Sunday roast, two doozies, the Eels versus the Titans, and the Cows versus the Dog. So an interesting draw for week one. A lot of people have said there's a real lack of the old Derby games early doors, which is fair. Normally, she's bunnies versus chooks to get us underway, but not this year. Still some bloody entertaining games, though, in the mix, and you can't complain when the season kicks off with the reigning premiers, Cleary's boys taking on Tommy Turbo and Manly. That screams a barnstormer. So I'm already fizzing for this. Can't wait to have the NRL back on the screens. Preseason, she gets underway next week, I believe, for the Waz boys. So no rest for the wicked. And I also think our new Puma kit gets unveiled in the next couple of weeks as well. So save your pennies up for that. You're going to want to cop that as soon as she drops. And then in terms of signing news, November 1, she's ticked over. So all players off contract in 2023 are now free to negotiate new deals which is bloody exciting stuff. And of course, the Warriors. We had a big target this year, hot boy Joey Manu, although all indications appear that he's going to stay at the Chooks, unfortunately. And it's believed we offered the bloke a million New Zealand dollars a year and a chance to play his preferred position. So you can't fault the offer. And I really did think it was going to be enough to get him home. He wants to play one or six and with Tedesco at the back for the Roosters and their quality halves, Luke Carey and Sammy Walker, I thought there was no way he would be offered that opportunity. But it appears he's going to stay at the Chooks for around 850k, so 150 grand less. So it just wasn't meant to be. We've offered him everything he wants, but hey, that is footy. So now our sights are set on getting the signature of the cheese, which I believe would be a massive signing for us, of course. Probably the Form 9 of the comp this year. And boy, do we have the money to pull off a signing like this, which is bloody exciting. Four teams are in the hunt for him already, I believe. And no doubt he'll have some great offers on the table. So I guess it just depends whether he wants to come home to New Zealand or not and whether he's prioritizing money over everything else. Although interesting to note as well, his family, they recently moved over from Waiheke to Brisbane. So the Titans or Redcliffe could really be appealing to the cheese. And no doubt they've got plenty of in the coffers to chuck the checkbook at him as well. So this could be a really tough signing. And then we're also in the market for old Neocore from Eels, which I believe will be a great signing. Versatile, quality footballer who can play in the second row or in the center. And I definitely think he will sign on the dotted line. He's a Kiwi born and bred, and I have it on good word. He really is homesick. So I think that'll be a great buy for us. And then I also have it on good authority, thanks to the rumor mill. Boy, has she been firing early doors. That young Sharks half, Luke Metcalf, he's put pen to paper as well, and he will be a warrior in 2023, which is bloody good to hear. He's a young, exciting prospect, and you'd have to think old CHT and Cody, they've made it pretty clear they won't be on the books after next season. Also wouldn't be surprised if CHT gets an early release for next year. And I think Cody, that has Redcliffe Dolphins written all over it. So he'll be a bloody good replacement. 
And I also have it on good authority again that he's pushing for an early release so he can join us as soon as next year. So fingers crossed that happens too. Would be a great addition to the squad, add even more depth in the halves. And boy, can he play some entertaining football. I know old Shawnee Johnson has big raps on him from his time at the Sharks. So they could be a great combo in the future. So exciting times for Warriors fans. And stay tuned. Hopefully some confirmed signing news in the coming days. Up the fucking was. She's well and truly our year. And bring on early March so we can pump the dragons in round one. Right, time for the old magic multi, and unfortunately, last weekend she didn't get up. Old Tutakaka, he let the boys down, but nevertheless, coming in fresh off a big Melbourne Cup day, so I'm full of hope. Let's see how we go this weekend. For the old NFL, I've gone with the Colts head-to-head, the Raiders head-to-head, the Cowboys head-to-head, and the Chiefs head-to-head against the Packers. No Aaron Rodgers in the mixer for them, though. He's got the old COVID, so he's out. So I think Mahomes' boys will be too strong for them. Then in the NBA, for your Sati games, I've gone with the Nets head-to-head over the Pistons. No surprises there. And the Pacers, plus 11.5 on the line against the Trailblazers. That's a bloody good line for them. So I'll snap that up and chuck her in the mixer. Then for the Bunnings Cup, I've gone with Waikato to beat Otago. And an international footy, I've gone Scotland plus 11.5 versus Aussie. No Quaid or Karevi for the Wallabies. Two huge outs for them. So I like Scotland's chances of pulling off the win, let alone covering that line. So they are in the mix. And then in the ponies, Flemington, race eight, Satiavo, Moanga. Chucked her in there. It's a bloody tough race, to be fair. Zaki's in it. J-Mac's on board that. So that's a clear favorite, and deservedly so. Then you've also got the likes of Colette in the mixer as well which will be there or thereabouts. But I'm a big fan of Moanga. His namesake, Richie, gets the start for the All Blacks this weekend too. So that's a bit of a pattern bet. Paying $2.30 for the place. So I've gone on that. Why fucking not? $10 on that pays a reasonable $292 boosted, which won't get you a new house by any means, but it's enough to fill up the kitty and roll her into next week or else... I tell you what, do I have an option for you here? Chuck it all on the Warriors, all 292 to win the comp 2022 early doors. They're paying 36 New Zealand dollars. That'll return you 9,928 bucks, you fucking beauty. And up the magic multi. Right, time for everyone's favorite segment, the old Q&A. And the first one, she comes in from one of the greats, Northcote's greatest ever halfback, actually, old Kira Menzies. And he said, how pissed up did you get after the race on Tuesday? And look, to be fair, the old picnic, she copped a bit of a hiding, well and truly got about my work. As mentioned many times, a famous victory for the Searle family. So we well and truly got on the mixer. A few Waitakere daiquiris and enjoyed ourselves, celebrated a rare win, a bloody good day. Not often you get to rip in on a Tuesday. Certainly, probably the best Tuesday I've ever had. So it was an absolute treat. Already looking forward to next year's ones. Can't beat a good win on the old Melbourne Far Cup. And hopefully she wasn't a one-off. So great to hear from you, Karen. Wasn't sure you actually still listened to the show, so that's a real treat. And hope 
you have a good weekend horse. Right, your next question, she comes through from old Dean Josephs and he says, with your recent fame on George FM, how are you planning on staying humble brothers on three? And look, Dean, I don't think this is going to be an issue for me, mate. Certainly still just a battler blasting out weekly podcasts from Fenorpi. To be fair, did lash out this week, bought myself a bit of a podcast studio. So hopefully you've noticed a bit of an increase in today's audio quality if not shit purchase there, but definitely don't think I'll be getting ahead of myself, mate. Still grinding it out with producer Sharla, chewing your ears off and spinning some yarns. So hopefully you're enjoying this week's episode. If not, a big up yours as per usual and really appreciate your question there, Dean, mate. Hope Kumu is treating you well. West is best. And a big up yours from both of us, I'm sure, to old Josh Cook, the Samoan Scissors. What a joker that bloke is. Right, your next one, she comes in from old ninja Jason Parnipper and he says, what are the odds of you winning Celebrity Treasure Island post Surly Talk Sports blowing up? And look, a great question there. And to be fair, old Celebrity Treasure Island didn't really tickle my fancy much this year. Old Kimbo, she was big on it. That was bums on seat stuff for her every week. I know old Kira Menzies, he was caught up in it as well. And then by the sounds of this question, you were as well, mate. But to be fair, she didn't really tickle my fancy. I got into it late. Once she got down to the old final three, I started to tune in a bit more. Lance, I was rooting for him. He's a funny bloke. But I was glad to see old Chris win as well. He was entertainment galore. So a great result there either way. But look, the old Treasure Island, not really my thing to be fair. I'd like to think I'd be more stuck into the old Survivor. That's a bit more extreme and would love to sink my teeth into that. But to be fair, I really struggle with the lack of food. Get pretty hangry. Love me old chicken and rice multiple times a day. So I think I'd probably rip through the old rice rations early doors. The team would be really off me and I think they'd boot me out early on in the mixer. I'll be ripping into those cans of tuna as well. So I think they would get rid of me pretty quick for eating the old weekly food budget in a couple of hours. So I don't think those shows are for me, mate. But hey, you never say never and anything is possible in 2021. So hope you're well, mate. Hope lockdown's treating you good and you're looking forward to getting back into old Superette next week. Huge fizz. Open up the retail and let's rip and tear. Right, your next question, she comes in all the way from the old capital, the Windy City, one of the greats, Luke Steer, who no doubt had a bit of a flutter on the Melbourne Cup. He's one of the great punters, and no doubt he had very elegant in the mix as well. So hope you got up, mate. And he says, if you could be a part of any sports team's halftime chat in the sheds, which team would it be? And why? And look, that's a bloody good question. There's some teams I'd love to be in the mixer with. The old Lakers, the GOAT LeBron James, the All Blacks would be right up there. The mighty Liverpool, that would get me going as well. But I think the team I would most like to deliver a halftime chat to in the sheds would be the mighty Warriors. Look, I can picture it in my head. They're down by a couple. The boys, they're looking tired after a tough 40 minutes of just up the guts, back fence footy. They really need a lift. And I come absolutely firing on all cylinders, fizzing at the bung, 
give them one of the great speeches like old maiden gladiator or 300 really rack the troops up get them ready to rip and tear then i finish her off by cracking open a fresh can of waitakere daiquiris absolutely chopping it crushing the can on my head and then running through the dressing room door that would get them up and about and ready to absolutely demolish any team in the second half. So I think I'd have to be the Warriors, but look, some great teams in the mix are there. You can't go wrong with any of them and a bloody good question. So hope you're well, Luke, mate. Hope the old Windy City's treating you well. Can't beat Wally on a good day. They're just few and fucking far between, to be fair. Right, time for the old final question of the week, and it goes to none other then the great wheels, a long time question asker, long time listener, and one of the greats to have in the mix at any steam up, that's for sure. In typical wheels fashion, he's ripped out a bloody beauty. He says, You've just got back to kick ons. The team is fading. You're on the UE boom to bring the energy levels up. What three songs are you queuing up? And look, that's an absolute beauty. And to be fair, I'd probably have to rip in to the old Coke Culture playlist, which is my go-to, but boy, does she always deliver. So I'm going to cast my eye over that right now on my phone, actually, and pick three beauties to get you going. I do like to back myself at kick-ons in terms of bringing some fizz. So here we go. I think first up you would have to go with the Venga Boys' We Like to Party. That's an absolute classic. Everyone knows it. Bit of a throwback, and it gets people up and about. Great beat, and boy, can you sink your teeth into that one. Then following that, I'd probably go Hole Again, Atomic Kitten, a great sing-along, underrated tune as well. One of the greats, Atomic Kitten and Hole Again, is an absolute barnstormer of a song, especially when you change the lyrics to some of the Coke greats if you're there, post a rugby game steam up. You know, you're thinking the likes of your Rito's shown and gone again, uh, Rito's running holes off 10. There's plenty of options there. Always brings a bit of a giggle and it's sure to get people involved as well. And then finally, I'd like to go with a bit of Eagle Rock, something a little bit different, but hey, Eagle Rock, pants off version, of course. The old Murphy Tatamai, he started that tradition. And boy, has it taken off the mighty coat. Eagle Rock, pants down, tie across your head. Nothing better. Always brings huge fizz. So those would be my three. But to be fair, there's plenty more. Country Roads, Hermes House Band remix. That's unlucky to miss out. Freed from Desire. Boy, does that get me ready to cause some mayhem. Man, I feel like a woman, Shania Twain. Life is a roller coaster, Ronan Keating. Boy, hit after hit, banger after banger. So I think I'd just chuck that playlist on and absolutely rip and tear. And that's sure to light a mat underneath the kick ons and get people up and about. So a great question, as always, Wheels. And boy, do I look forward to the day when we can kick on together again. Right, that's all we have time for this week. Really appreciate your questions as per usual. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If not, as per usual, a huge up yours from myself and producer Sharla. I like to think she's done her best work today. So hopefully you agree with me. Enjoy your weekend of sport. That was Surly Talk Sports. How fucking good.